Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way. They provide a seamless mortgage experience, and they know when you need certainty in the home buying process with a loan that fits your life, remember, Rocket can. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio, 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. Send the tweets, send the hot takes, at Ken Carmen, C-A-R-M-A-N. Coming up in less than 20 minutes, the top five running backs in the NFL. The NFL execs have their list. I have mine. I give it to you coming up at 1.20 p.m. Eastern. And, listen, he might be more interesting to golf fans. I think to regular sports fans out there, he's just another jerk golfer. And I'll get into that coming up by the end of the show. There was a big thing I wanted to get into. We had Barrett Salee on earlier today, and I asked him a question, you know, about the financials of college football. And I thought that, you know, I think this is where the rich are going to get richer. The upper echelon Power 5 schools, if you're Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Oklahoma, and a couple of others, if you play, you benefit. If you don't play, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Oklahoma, couple of others, they still benefit. They can afford it either way. They can weather the storm. They'll make cuts just like everybody else. They can weather the storm, and they'll be stronger over the next five to ten years as other schools begin to catch back up. Because if you don't play football, and there's a possibility you don't play college football, and I'm going to get into the ethos of that here in just a minute. But if you don't play college football, or you have a truncated schedule, you're still going to lo- and you don't have fans, you're going to lose revenue on that. And when you lose revenue, then you have to make very strong decisions, not just about other sports, but your program right as it is. And you have a lot of schools out there that already are, are a little bit thin as it was. That's less money towards assistance, less money towards assistance. We saw this, Brett Bielema, even though he made a poor choice in going to Arkansas, Brett Bielema, the reason he left Wisconsin, you don't pay him enough, and you don't pay his assistants enough. Now, Paul Chris competes, but one of the big sticking points against Wisconsin football, and I'm sure Wisconsin fans will, will, will fight back on that, but I don't think even they can they can deny that in the Big Ten, they have not paid their assistants historically as well as they have in Michigan and Ohio State and Michigan State for a spell and, and Penn State and they feel that they are at a disadvantage when it comes to that because usually when you're paying assistance, you're paying for top-end recruiting. Ohio State will still be able to afford the assistance. Clemson, Alabama, Oklahoma, a couple of others will be able to. So if you're already tired of those four schools, especially being in the college football playoffs every year, I I think you better get used to it because it might not make them richer, quote-unquote, but they're going to feel richer. The haves are going to have even more because they'll be able to afford more still. It's not always going to be that way. Eventually, we'll get out from under this, and and the economics will pick back up. It's going to be a while. It's going to be a while for it. 
Now, I talked to Barrett Salee about that, but I did talk to Gordon Gee yesterday. And, and from that interview, and there were people who were upset, he, he brought up the numbers. I was interested in finding facts about how a university president intends to have a college football season, how university president intends to have people on campus. I understand he brought up the numbers. People were upset I didn't push back on that. I didn't believe that he said those numbers correctly. I don't believe that those are correct numbers in a lot of ways. I know that's a year-by-year occurrence. Also, and if if you feel I didn't push back enough, that's perfectly fine, whatever. Um, I believe he was trying to make a point that what I think a lot of people are trying to rationalize this to themselves. Because Mike near Jacksonville makes a point. He says, Ken, I thought the President Gee sounded very reasonable for the most part. I get sick of people comparing COVID stats to things like the flu and car accidents. Those things occur year-round on a fairly regular basis. COVID overwhelms hospitals almost overnight. 100% true. 100% true. What I think he is trying to illustrate is the risks that go into a regular life. This has become one of the risks that go into a regular life. He highlights the hammer in the dance. We've used the hammer. Now we're going to have to dance with this thing for a little bit. And some people say, and, and I, I feel even more, and I, I'm not going to sit there and say, well, so many people die of car accidents. So many people die of this, that, and the other. No, 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 no. I'm not going to do that. I also think it's very dangerous to sit there and tell you that, well, once we get a vaccine, then we can do that. No, siree. I'm no anti-vaxxer. I'm not one of those people. But if you think that all of a sudden there's going to be a vaccine and everything's going to be A-OK, I, I think we're dreaming a bit, aren't we? You follow Andy Slavitt, you follow a couple other people, they they point out from the scientists, from the epidemiologists, there will probably be a series of five, six, and that the sixth one will be stronger than the first one. I don't know if you can just guarantee that overnight. It's, it's going to be a long rollout. It will be a long rollout over that time. So I think I use caution, an abundance of, when I say terms, If I, I will not use terms and compare to car wrecks and flu and, and pneumonia and other things. Not going to do that. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that everything's going to be hunky-dory once we get ourselves a vaccine. And Dr. Fauci says we could get a vaccine by this fall. And that there could be 100 to 200 million doses of it for Americans, even though he also said that, hey, we don't know still how, how useful that vaccine's going to be. And there will be a multitude of vaccines. And again, the, the latest one you get will be stronger or better than the first one you get. That's a murky situation. We all want to be scientists. We all want the best information. I think what we're getting here is is a lot of information that we don't know. And so the question for college football, and I don't like to be doom and gloom, and I'm not going to be doom and gloom, and if you feel that that's not what you want to listen to, then I invite you to go listen to something else. I want there to be college football. I want there to be college football safely. I sympathize or empathize with a lot of things that are going on in, in America. I believe in being responsible. I believe in, yeah, they, they're telling me to wear a mask. I'm wearing my bandana over my face. I'm doing the best I can. I believe in that type of thing. If you don't, that's on you. Don't want to get into that debate. But me personally, I know that this is something I'm going to have to live with, and I'm not going to sit there and try to make you afraid every single morning I talk to you or every single Saturday I talk to you. It's not going to happen. I believe in trying to look forward and trying to dig ourselves out of the hell that's been 2020 and looking forward to 2021 and beyond. And part of that is looking forward to professional sports. It's their job. They have the right to perform their job, or if they want to stay home, they can always stay home. They can do that. That's well within their rights. But college football has become different. And I think that this has become a very tough conversation for a lot of us to have. Football above the other sports, there is a system of coercion in it. 
Football is a sport that if you play it at any level, if you play it for a season, if you play it for five, or you play it your entire life, you have to talk yourself into doing it. There will be a time where you are tested. It doesn't come easy for everybody, and it doesn't come easy really for anybody. There will be a time where you are tested. It's still a collision sport. It's still a sport where people run into each other, and even though they've done a ton with the science, they've done a ton with the safety, they've done a ton with everything, you still need to make a bargain with yourself on what you're willing to endure physically, mentally, spiritually even for the greater good of your team and for yourself because you love the sport. That's why when I look at football and wrestling in particularly, I think they are completely different animals than other sports out there. You're a big baseball guy, soccer guy, basketball guy, hockey guy. I got nothing against you, okay, nothing against you. But when I look at those two sports, and hockey might be the same way, especially with the physical punishment, there's a lot of things where you have to give up for the greater good. And so when that's ingrained in a football player's head, especially in the NFL – can't just turn that off overnight. And when that's ingrained even in the college player's head, then there's another question that they have to ask themselves. They may not feel safe. I do think that universities, especially big-time Power 5 universities, will do everything they can to make sure that students are safe, that students feel safe, that they try to go through all the proper protocols of their local and state and even federal government the best they possibly can. There will definitely be slip-ups, there will definitely be problems, there will definitely be lawsuits. I do believe they'll try to do their best. It's still based on whether or not that person feels safe to be there. And as an unpaid individual, that's where the waters get murky. Because I can't force somebody I'm not truly paying to be there. Problem is, if that person doesn't want to be there, there's always going to be the action and consequences scenario that plays out. For guys like Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields and a handful of others, they could not play. They're going to be top-end first-round picks anyway come up next year. They'll make their money. They'll be fine. But I brought up the example before. Say you're an SEC running back. You're a junior this year. You're going to be a starter this year. This could put you on the map. This season can put you on the map. But you don't feel safe. And you go to your coach and you say, I I just don't think I want to be playing here. Okay. We'll even honor your scholarship. Are you going to have the opportunity to play in the future? Are you giving up a possible chance to change your life and the life of those around you if you don't play? Say you fall through the cracks, and absolutely players will. I don't think it's a question that's as cut and dry as anything. There is a system of coercion that plays in football in the sport in general, not just in college. And I can say that I'm going to honor your scholarship. I can say these type of things. But what I think a lot of players at big-time college programs, if I use Alabama as as an example, they're thinking about, "Can can I get to the next level? I believe I can get to the next level. Will this make this a better opportunity for me to get to the next level? Because I can talk about scholarships and I can talk about opportunity, but it's there. And if I remove myself from that opportunity, am I costing myself? And in another turn, am I costing my family? It's not an easy question to answer. I don't have answers for it. I wish it did. And the easy thing for a lot of people to say, they try to simplify it. They say, we'll pay the players. With what? And how much? 
Because before this all happened, there was the question of paying the players. And I thought, you better be careful about this because while I think that, yes, if you make the school a lot of money, maybe you should be able to get something in your pocket for it. But the university already makes a ton of money. If I pay you, that means I'm definitely going to take away opportunities from some of your friends. Some of the other student athletes that are in other sports, and we've seen this already, that will be chopped off the block. And you can use Title IX, and I will say, okay, then both can go. Because they make their money, and plenty of other people make their livelihoods based off what you do. And I can pay you for that with the scholarship and everything and give you money for it. But then sports are going to go away. Opportunities are going to go away that otherwise would be there. Because there's no way that those school systems, that those colleges are going to take that hit. They make this much, and they will always do what they can to make this much and more. They're not making less. They're not interested in making less. It's a business. So this is a hard, hard question to ask. In the NFL, I can say it. Hey, it's your job. They're doing everything they can to make it safe. I, I, I can try to tell you to go out there and do your job. I can try to do that. If you feel you need to stay home, stay home. If you have the wherewithal to do it, fine, go right on ahead. Don't go play football. Don't go play pro baseball. Don't go play pro basketball. Don't go do those things. Don't go play pro hockey. It's your profession. It's your livelihood. You can do as you wish. For these guys, it's different. It's not cut and dry the way we want it to be. We are going to be trying to oversimplify this. It's not a question to me whether or not they can. I think they can. They'd have to deny a lot of things, but they can. We deny a ton anyway. It's a question of whether they should. 855-212-4CBS. Coming up next, we'll go over the top five running backs in the NFL, and I need you to rename a favorite baseball team. Some of these names are good. A lot of these names are terrible. We'll get to that. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. 855-212-4CBS. That very much is true. This is going to be a perfect lead into Bryson DeChambeau. Do you understand this, what we're about to bring up here, Hick? What we're oh, about I to bring wait. up here. I might end up having to push it off to 140 for the top five and, and some more of the names. Because during the break, Hickey and I... I brought up the hickey that NASCAR yesterday, I was watching NASCAR, I was watching the Xfinity series, and Harrison Burton, the son of Jeff Burton, and the, well, Ward Burton, boy, he'll throw a couple of punches, but the son of Jeff Burton and a kid named Noah Gregson, they got in fisticuffs. Should I be embarrassed that I'm going I'm to announce or admit the following? You ready? I told hickey, I said, when I was watching it and they were, they were like getting close to each other, I'm going, hit him, hit him. One hit the other. Get on TV. Let's go. You guys need some exposure. Let's go. Hit them. Hit one. Oh, then they hit each other. Am I bad for saying that? The only thing I'll say is maybe saying it for like, let's get some exposure. Let's get some like, <laughs> let's get on TV. But outside of that, I mean, whether it's, I mean, I feel like baseball especially. <laughs> aren't we all sitting there when like a player charges the mound or they're chirping back and forth? You want someone to hit each other. Basketball, baseball. We see too many just like people chirping without actually doing anything yeah, or acting like, tough like we want to see it go down I, I i don't want to see anybody get seriously hurt but we want to no, see it go down right yeah you want to see some you know a little contact a little you know 
Well, let's America, see some blows we have, thrown. We, we have some bloodlust here. Let's be serious about this. But you asked another question. What did you ask? What did you ask, Hick? So, yeah, I was going to say, you asked if I saw it, and I said I did see it. I feel like anytime NASCAR, anytime it's like it goes viral, it's always because of fights. So, saying, is fighting in NASCAR, is it like accepted? Is it like hockey where it's like, okay, like these guys are going to fight, and it's almost like no big deal? Because you see it more often than any other sport, really, outside of hockey. It's just drivers pushing, shoving, throwing punches. It's not as prevalent as what you may see because you're not a NASCAR fan. It's not as prevalent as what you may think it is. But it's still there, and you ask why they like to fight. And Hickey, I we've talked about this a couple weeks ago, but I don't know if you were there. Hickey, I've, I've been, I, I can imagine, even though I'm a little bit older than you, I can imagine I've been in way more fights than you have. I have been in one fight in my life. Okay, I've been in many, 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 many more. And Hickey, you went to Penn State. I went to Akron. You and I come from different economical backgrounds. I would say that that has something to do with it a little bit. And I think that in my background, which tends to be a little bit more rural, a little bit more of the NASCAR culture, that, um, yeah, fights are, are something you kind of did for fun when I was a kid. Does but, that make any hold, sense to you? No, because I'll say this, like, people... Who play professional sports grow up in all different types of backgrounds. Uh-huh. I understand and that. For the most part, outside of hockey, no other professional sport fights. Well, I mean that's well, hockey that's ingrained in the culture. Now you can argue right. with whatever. But like NBA, these protection. players, how many times do we see them get chest to chest, talking to each other's mouth, saying like, I'm gonna knock you out, and then all of a sudden that you know, they're basically praying for their teammates to come over there and get them away so no one has to throw a punch. Wasn't it Chris Childs who tried to knock Kobe out with the two-piece and didn't even, like, make him flinch? Like, <laughs> yeah. it happens. The late, great Kobe took it right there in the chin. That's a guy who took it right there, and he's like, nah, he ain't doing nothing here. I mean, hell, what are you going to do? I Part of it is some sports, they, they do not – they're not excited about something like that. And NASCAR and hockey, football, they're not down with it. Baseball, they're okay with it to some certain degree. I mean, you, people are going to get suspended and in trouble. Football, obviously, that goes without saying. They're not down with that, even though it's a, it's a violent physical sport. It's just that some backgrounds um, in the prone-to-fight type of thing, it, it's a little bit more accepted. That's, that's where I am with that. You know, you mentioned it, and I'm glad you brought this up because this gives me the perfect oyster to this. I've been wanting to do this the entire week, and I finally get to do it. We're going to push back to top five, and I'm going to definitely get these calls in about what to name my favorite baseball team before the end of the show, I promise. Is I saw Harrison Burton yesterday because I looked up and I go, oh, my God, hit him. What, what are you two? Got to go after each other. And he said, hey, it's a long time coming. A lot of people have been, been complaining about this Noah Gregson guy, and I went after him. You know, he didn't say it as – he was certainly more eloquent than I just said it, but that's what he had said. And in that, in that where, where NASCAR is, maybe he's on his way to being a villain, Noah Gregson is, kind of the way that Kyle Busch is a villain to a lot of people. But NASCAR is still NASCAR. I love NASCAR. I know it's a niche thing. And there's a lot of people I'm talking to right now who are big golf fans, guys like David and Buffalo and so on, who are real big golf fans. To them, what happened last week might mean something. But to me, the regular fan, or to Hickey, the regular sports fan, what was it? I mean, let's be serious. It was one hillbilly hitting another hillbilly because it's NASCAR. Admit it, Hickey. Go ahead and say it, right? I feel like I – no, no I'm not going to admit say it. it. I'm not going to admit it. Say, that's what you thought. That's what you thought. Okay, if you won't admit it, I'll admit it for you. That's what you thought. It was one hillbilly hitting another hillbilly on TV. That's what you thought. You don't want to admit it because maybe you're a little bit of a sissy, so I'll admit it for you. When it comes to golf, 
I'm a golf fan. I, I follow it because it's my job. But when I saw the stuff from Monday, Bryson DeChambeau, he's so hateable. He's going to get so many people into watching. Who? Well, because he has a great big drive and because he wears one of those hats, and automatically when you wear one of those flat caps, I think that you think you're better than me when you wear one of those hats. 100%. 100%. Especially the guys who are on social media. If you hold a beard, if you hold a beard and you have a beard and you wear a flat cap, buddy, I think you think you're better than me and already I don't like you. Sorry, it's true. You're going to have to earn my friendship because I think that you think you're better than me naturally. And so Bryson DeChambeau, he wears the Kangol. He has a big drive. He bitches at the media. He bitches at the camera. He bitches at everything else. And I'm told that, well, he's going to bring people in. And I go, how? Because if I'm a regular fan, say I'm a regular fan. Me, I'm an inside NASCAR fan. So I think Kyle Busch is a villain. Who's the hero? Who cares? If I'm a big-time golf fan, and I'm a regular fan of sports, but if I'm a big-time golf fan, I look at Bryson DeChambeau and I go, all these people are going to love to watch this guy. He's going to be great. He's going to be hated. People love to watch somebody who's hated. They do as long as they have a hero. But if there's no other hero, if there's nobody else that I really like who's as competitive or better and they can get into it with one another and they can go after each other, it's not entertaining to me. I grew up middle class. My dad didn't and doesn't golf. Tiger Woods did get me into golf. It was Phil Mickelson who kept me. Tiger versus Phil. Phil's fun. Tiger isn't. I'm sure there's skeletons in Phil's closet just like there were with Tiger. But Tiger's fun. He's engaging. He's high-fiving the fans back when we could do that. He's signing, signing golf balls and having fun and making and you hear some of the stories about it, and it just seems cool, man. It just seems fun. And he was also really, really good. He was winning majors, and he was beating people. Like John Daly was kind of the everyman's golfer, but he wasn't as good as Phil Mickelson. He wasn't there like Phil Mickelson was, and he didn't compete at the same level as Tiger Woods day in and day out. And then there's Tiger, stoic, stone-faced, doesn't want to be with you, doesn't want to see you. You know he feels he's better than you. There was a good versus evil, and that's what drew the regular viewer in. If there's just one villain, that excites me, the golf fan. Is that going to excite the regular fan? No. You need villains, yes, and they love a villain. And overall, they appreciate a villain. But you need a hero. To love a villain, you really need to love a hero first. One of my biggest examples we love pro wrestling at high noon. What do we open up the show with? Ric Flair's theme music. And every Saturday, you'd go to your grandma's or you'd go to your aunt's or maybe dad would turn it on, and you would see Ric Flair screaming in your face. There's three people that I've let scream in my face throughout my time. My father, my football coach, and Ric Flair. And Ric Flair was there every Saturday, and when I was a kid, I hated Ric Flair. He had money, he had women, he won a terrible way, he always cheated, he and the four horsemen always cheated, and now as a, as a grown adult, I look back on my memories, I have nostalgia, and I love the four horsemen, and I love Tully and Arn, and I love Ric Flair, but you know who else I loved back then? You know who made me hate Ric Flair? Dusty Rhodes, because he was the American dream. His dad was a plumber, my dad's a butcher. He was about the middle class. He was about the working man. 
And so there was a hero that let us hate Ric Flair. If I don't have a hero, I'm not interested. What is Happy Gilmore if there's only Shooter McGavin? It's just another a-hole golfer. But I have Happy Gilmore. He's the everyman, and they say it themselves. Well, we can't suspend. We can't suspend Happy Gilmore. Doug, kick him off the tour. Well, you see, we can't do that because we are having the uh, highest ratings we've ever had. Because you're bringing in regular people. Is Rory going to do that? No, not good enough right now. Jordan Spieth, no, too wooden, too laconic. Bubba Watson, nah, nah. Patrick Reed. <laughs> Hell, he's worse than Bryson DeChambeau, it seems. If I got all bad guys, where's the good guys? What keeps me interested? It's a tale as old as time. Good versus evil. It's in the Bible. Underdogs versus the one that want to knock you down. The David versus the Goliath. I, I, I see the same thing in baseball. Everybody hates Bryce Harper. He's a perfect villain. Great hair. Tons of money. Maybe some people say he's overrated beautiful girlfriend I think fiance maybe wife I'm not sure but he's been with her for a very long period of time I was corrected on that a couple of weeks ago but it seems like he has a life that you can't get to and the guy who we should love Mike Trout he doesn't want to be seen on TV he's like the Wizard of Oz behind the behind the curtain no don't look at me as my team doesn't make the playoffs again no I don't want to be the greatest player in the history of the game no if I don't have a hero why aren't I watching so one of these other guys, you could say, hey, Bryson DeChambeau is going to bring everybody to watch golf. No. If I see Bryson DeChambeau, if I turn into Sports Center and I see Bryson DeChambeau bitching and moaning and, and complaining about every little thing, and I don't have another guy that I really, really like, he's just another a-hole golfer. Just like when I don't have anybody who I really like in NASCAR, Kyle Busch, and Hickey doesn't want to admit this, but he's just another hillbilly race car driver. You don't care if you don't have anybody to really root for and then respect later on in life. 855-2124-CBS. Up next, our top five, my top five running backs currently in the NFL. I rearranged the NFL executive order and renamed my favorite baseball team. Help me out. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. 855-212-4227. Speak now, forever hold your peace. That's CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line. It's sponsored by GEICO. Did you know that right now GEICO's offering an extra 15% credit on car, motorcycle, and RV policies? That's on top of what GEICO could already save you. What are you waiting for? Visit GEICO.com to learn more. 855-212-4227. See, I'm not going to be able to do the top five running backs this week, am I? I'm going to have to do them next week. I mean, they'll still be there. Do I have to do it next week? We're going to have to do double top five next week because these calls, I'm looking at these calls, they're just too delicious. I'm sorry. I don't have to do a show with calls. Just letting you guys behind the curtain. If I if I don't do a show with calls, like there's been times we haven't had calls all day in, in certain times of the year, right? And I can do a perfectly fine show with calls. I don't need calls, but some guys who hate calls, I don't get it. Some of these things are delicious. Like, I'm going to get – I got to get to Mary in Jacksonville, Florida. I think Mary has misheard me. But let's have this out on the air. Mary, hello. Hi. How are you doing today? I'm horrible, Mary. Make me feel better. I'm sorry. If you were in Florida, you'd be feeling great. It's beautiful here. Yeah. Um, yeah, you, you said something about Kyle Busch being a hit driver. 
He's from Las Vegas, and I believe Gregson is too. Um, Gregson actually drove for Kyle in the in the truck series, and the reason that sometimes you have fisticuffs or pushing and shoving after a race is they're going. 170, 180, sometimes up to 200 miles an hour in very close proximity to each other, and yeah. somebody makes a bonehead move and ends yeah. the race for the other guy, and they're pissed off. Yeah. They're trying, especially with the lower series, Mary, they're Mary. trying to get up the cup. Yeah, Mary, I yeah. agree. I, w- I was stereotyping Hickey. That's what I was doing. Okay? Gotcha. And by the way, by the way, just because someone's from Las Vegas don't mean that they're a hillbilly, or they're not a hillbilly. You know what I mean? He's not a hillbilly, though, trust me. Oh, well, I'm just, well, obviously, he makes a lot of money, but I think when I, and I was, I was, and Mary, thank you very much for the call. See, I was stereotyping Hickey, because Hickey, for whatever reason, doesn't have the backbone to say what he really thinks about NASCAR, so I'll put the words in the mouth for him, is that when he sees two race car drivers fighting, he just goes, well, one hillbilly hit the other hillbilly, and that's what NASCAR is. He ain't disagreeing with me, folks. You are unbelievable. You know, I am un- I'm I am unbelievably just true. Because you're not saying you a word. Projecting. That's okay because oh I can, I know I'm projecting the the proper thing because you're not correcting a damn syllable that I say. And I and, and by the way, for what Mary said, I'll just point it out again for everybody. It, you don't have to be from certain parts of the country to be considered a hillbilly, folks. I'm from Canton, Ohio. And my Aunt Cheryl, when I was five years old, once set the entire front porch on fire because there was an anthill sitting on the front porch. She poured gasoline, lit a cigarette, and tossed her Marlboro Light right on the gas, and away it went. My grandmother was inside. I can still hear her screaming, God rest her soul. You can hear in the background, what the bleep's going on? The house is on bleeping fire. Get kitty. Get kitty. By the way, my cousin, that woman's daughter, now she lives, she's from Canton. She now lives in Anderson, South Carolina. Folks, she has, and I've told this story many times, she has Clemson girl tattooed down her calf. She didn't even graduate high school, folks. I come from a long line of them, and I am not from south of the Mason-Dixon line. They are all over. So if I'm stereotyping, I'm not, but Hickey is stereotyping. I am not stereotyping. You're not denying any of it I, because you don't have a reasonable answer to give. I know so little about NASCAR, to be completely honest. I couldn't and, tell you where any of these drivers are from, so that way I cannot just stereotype yeah. you know, what and, kind of people they are. And when I said one hillbilly punch the other hillbilly, you didn't you didn't say anything. What, said, how do you that's have a response to that? Things. No, Ken, you're a NASCAR fan. That's, like, that's all hickey things. Oh, my goodness. That is not well, true. Yeah, well, what are you going to do? And by the way, Mary's as right as it can be. You get angry in traffic, just ratchet all that up by five thousand. That's how. That's why they start hitting each other. Yeah, and sometimes in their backgrounds, yeah, they like to fight. Like I've, I don't think I've ever seen Kyle Bush hit anybody. Kurt Bush has hit plenty of people. Kurt Bush will fight anybody at any time. He doesn't care. That's the older brother Hickey. You don't know anything about him. I figure they were related with the last Ooh. name being Bush. You want to talk about loose can? That's a guy. That guy is so real quick. That guy is so talented. He's gotten in his own way in his career. He could have been a multiple-time champion. He's only a one-time champion when he drove for Jack Roush. Uh, he could have been a multiple-time champion. He's got kind of gotten in his own way because of his temper. All right, we ready to take these calls on renaming my favorite baseball team? Let's find a good new name. All right, so far I got Arachnids. I got Mohawks. That one ain't gonna fly. Uh, Club Wave. Stags, Assembly, 
aviators, rockers, bleh, coasters, anglers, shippers, fishers. That one's from Maria in Michigan. I've had a ton on Twitter. These are just the ones I've written down. So if I, I know that the Cleveland Indians are going to rename their team. I've accepted it. I accepted it probably a couple of years ago, or at least I should have. Uh, they're going to rename their team. I've accepted it. I need to find a good name for the team other than Rockers. Other than that, I want nothing to do with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but I think I'm a little bit too close to the situation, so I need somebody else from outside of the situation to lend their opinion on what they think the team should be called. Like Mike in California. Let me get to Mike in California. You're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Rename my favorite baseball team, Mike. Well, Ken, first of all, I love your show. You crack me up. Um, Thank you. You know, I did a little research, and, you know, Cleveland have many nicknames. But the very first one, which was introduced in the early 19th century, was the Forest City. So how about the Foresters? That was actually a finalist. Mike, thank you very much for the kind words and the call. That was actually one of the finalist names for the Cleveland Cavaliers before they named them the Cleveland Cavaliers. It was like the Foresters, the Presidents. Oh, hell, there were a couple of other ones. There were a couple other ones, but I know the Foresters and Presidents were one of them. There were like the Jays, I think, were another one, maybe. That was in there. So Foresters... Forsters isn't bad. Forsters isn't bad. I don't know if it it really pops off the canvas to a lot of people out there. I just need, like, there's plenty of people from Ohio. I'll take the calls from Ohio. Don't get me wrong. But I I need some people from elsewhere, like Dallas. I got one from Dallas, Indiana, South Carolina, Georgia, Virginia, Tucson, Michigan. A couple more from Georgia here. Let me get to Will in Tennessee. What the hell? He's next up on, on CBS Sports Radio. Go ahead. Hey, Ken, I got five real quick. You got five of uh, them? The, Holy Toledo, yeah. okay. Yeah, Go I, got, ahead. I got the Great great Lakers. I got the Bombers. I got the Shoremen. Uh, I got the Stacks. And then uh, playing on the Great Lakers, I, I can go with the Sink. The what? The Sinkos. The sink, like, the, like, like the fishing tackle? The five. No, 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 like Cinco, number five. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. What did you get the Bombers from? I don't know. I just thought it sounded cool. Like it, like, it reminds me of an old school cartoon baseball team name. Okay. The only the only reason why I get a little bit nervous about that one, Will. Thank you very much. You had five there. The reason I get nervous about the bombers is because there is a little bit of a history with the um, mob bombing cars in the nineteen sixties and seventies. Didn't know that, did you, Hickey? Huh? While you're out there stereotyping people in the southeast and NASCAR fans and people from Cleveland, huh? I've done nothing of stereotyping today, but I did not know about the bombing, so thank you for educating yeah, me, Ken. A, there was a lot of car bombings back in the 1960s and 70s. Hey, you're going to be known for something. I mean, what are you going to do? Uh, let me get to Mark in Cleveland. Let's go to my hometown. Hello, Mark. Hey, how you doing? So I was uh, thinking about the Cleveland tribe. Okay, how come? I mean... With the Cleveland Indians, yeah, I mean, I could see how people are getting upset with it. But with Tribe, Tribe is a group. Tribe is a company. Uh, you know, they always consider us, I mean, we've always been called, the, you know, the Tribe. So why not leave it, you know, just simple as that, Cleveland Tribe? I don't think I'd be adverse to it. I, I really don't. And, and, Mark, thank you very much for the call. I don't think I'd be adverse to that. I just think if you're going to go through all of it to change the name, you might as well go completely away. 
Like, Washington is going to keep the colors, and they should. Burgundy and gold is a very nice color scheme. There's a lot of beautiful merchandise that you can have, and it's, it, it, it is a pretty attractive scheme there. But they should keep the colors, but they should go completely away from Redskins, Warriors, Indians, the whole thing. Get, stay away. Get out of there. That's why I was a little bit relieved. I think was it was it Lockenfor or somebody who said that they were going to go away? Maybe Schefter said that they were going to go completely away. That's probably the right thing to do. And for the Indians, I, I think if you go back to Tribe, it would make me happy, you know, as a Cleveland Indians fan. It, but I still think that they would probably not be good for PR. I think eventually it feels like you're kind of kicking the can down the down the road there a little bit. I think a little bit. We get the V and Little Rock. You're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Go. Hey, uh, first time, long time, enjoying the show. Thank you. Uh, Back in uh, 1901 and 1903, if I remember right, uh, they were the Cleveland Spiders, and uh, that'd be cool. They could do retro jerseys, and uh, advertising would be good, Halloween, and uh, you could have Boris the Spider by The Who as one of v, the same songs. Okay, that now now we're talking here. V, I, I thank you for the call and the kind words for listening for a long time. I think that that's probably going to end up being the leader in the clubhouse to a lot of people. Uh, I, I'm a little creeped out by Spiders personally. I mean, whatever they pick, I'm going to accept, honestly. I'm a baseball fan. I'm a sports fan, and I, I want that team to do well in Cleveland, and I want my son to, sons to love them. And whatever they pick, I'm just going to accept, and we're going to move on. But Spiders is um, Spiders is growing just because I'm getting so many different names. Also, I think they were, if I'm not mistaken, there was a couple of people who were historians in Cleveland who said there was a different club, but they uh, they hold the record for losses in a season. So some people are against that. Like, I think it was the National League club in Cleveland. It wasn't actually an offshoot of what the current Cleveland Indians are. Ed in Pennsylvania, you're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Go! You're not, hey, hello? Yeah. Hey, Ken, you're not going to like this, but i got to go with Hickey there. Cleveland Rockers just rolls right off the tongue. You both can go pound sand. That name <laughs> sucks. That name sucks. You know what name sucks worse? And I'm just going to throw this in there. Ed, thank you for the call. Ed just laughed. He knew I was going to hate it, and I do hate it. The only other name that I think that sucks worse than Rockers, the only name I will take Rockers over is Rocks. I don't know who did it, and I'm sure I'd like the guy perfectly fine enough. Somebody said Cleveland Rocks, and I think that's the most half-assed, silly attempt at a new name ever. You know what that says to me? Like, that's just one great big dad joke. Like, the person I think who thinks of that is wearing jean shorts, Air Monarchs, white T-shirt, is a little bit excited because they broke their personal record for how quickly they can mow their grass. It's just so bad. The rocks, it's so bad. It's so bad. Let's go rocks. You can't. No, that sucks. Rocks and rockers, a defunct WNBA team, just stay away from the Hall of Fame. We have the Hall of Fame. We're excited to have the Hall of Fame. We will. We want to keep the Hall of Fame forever. We have nothing against – it's almost like the Bone Thugs and Harmony So I'm not against rap. I'm not against rappers. I'm not against rock. I'm not against rockers. I am against them as my team's baseball nickname. Tony in North Carolina, go to go quick. You're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Go. Yeah, long-time listener, first-time caller. I like the uh, – I'm from Cleveland originally, but uh, I live in North okay. Carolina now. Uh, okay. But anyway, just uh, crew, Cleveland crew. I know Columbus has a uh, Fox team crew, but – it it's, just kind of rolls off the tongue nice. Cleveland it's clearance. not bad. Uh, it's not bad. It's not bad, but you're going to run into a problem because the owners of the Cleveland Browns actually own the Columbus crew. Mm, 
did yeah. that. Okay, yeah, and they're all, you know, right, yeah. yeah. So, you know, well, you they got to get that stick out of there. You know what? You know, come on. <laughs> so I can deal with it. I don't know. All right. Tony, so, thank you very much for the call. It's just that you don't have to love each other if you're the if you're the owners of the city. Like, we always put, like, okay, in our city, it's Dan Gilbert, it's the Haslams, and it's it's Paul Dolan. You don't always have to love each other, but you kind of try to understand each other. And so I don't think that crew, while I don't think is offensive at all or to the senses and it might be nice for some people, I don't think crew is one that they're going to use. We got a lot here. I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm going to throw these by people next week, and I'll let you know what they are. There's some decent names here. There's a couple that I I like the Naps, except you have to go and, and look in Nap Lajue's history and who knows what's in there? I don't know if you can name anything after people anymore. I think it's going to have to be either an entity or an animal of some sort. Somebody came up with coyotes. There's plenty of coyotes in Northeast Ohio. I like the name coyotes. Grays I like, even though that can be almost an interpretation of of the Blue Jackets in a little way, in a little way. So that might be a little bit too close. Probably that's not going to be used. Guardians, because of the guardians of traffic over the Carnegie Bridge, probably not going to be used, maybe a little bit too generic to the public. But we got a lot. I'm, I'm happy for you. I'm, uh, th- or excuse me, I'm happy with you guys calling me up and giving me those. I'll let you know what people think. Big thanks to everybody who joined us on the show today. Barrett Salee was incredible. Yes, it's Salee. Also, Kevin Boylan, wonderful stuff from them. I'm Ken Carmen. I'll see you next week. Have a wonderful weekend. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.